0: Good morning, how is everybody this morning?
1: Let's stand together, we're going to worship God. When Jesus is born, the heavens
0: joined with the earth to sing Gloria in excelsis Deo, which means glory to God in the highest. So this morning that's what we're going to do, we're going to sing glory to God in the highest and we're going to join with the heavens.
1: morning. If you're joining us for the first time, thank you. Thank you. You are welcome here at Mosaic. If you're joining us online, we're going to dive right in to more worship, because that's why we came, to worship Him, to lift His name up, and then we're going to dive into the Word. We hear a great message this morning, and God's going to speak to our hearts.
2: you for your presence that is with us. Jesus, we thank you that you came to earth. You humbled yourself, and you came not as God, but you came in the form of a man, and you experienced all the things we experience, God, and you know the hardship of this life. Lord, and you promise to be with us. You promise to walk with us, even through the darkest places, God. Lord, we just want to bring our hearts before you today, God. Lord, the places that are painful to us to acknowledge, Lord, we bring those things to you today because you're with us. Lord, the things that we feel sorrowful about today, we bring those to you. God, even the joys of our life, we bring those to you today, God. To share them with you, God, because you shared yourself with us, God. We thank you today, God. morning. Let's offer them up to you in this place.
0: Found in your name, the power to save. With only a whisper mountain shade, Jesus our Lord We give you the highest praise. You deserve it all. You deserve all my
3: praise good morning and welcome to mosaic it is so good to have all of you here with us for those of you joining in person and online welcome glad to have you here. If it's your first time here, or maybe you've come a couple times, I just want to encourage you to fill out a Connect card. We would love to connect with you, get to know you. You can find them in the seat in front of you, or if you're attending online, download the Mosaic Cincy app or go to our website. You can fill out a Connect card there. Um, We just want to come alongside you and walk with you as you grow in your relationship with the Lord, and we just want to help you to take those stepping stones wherever you may be at in your journey. And so if I have any parents out there of youth, I just want to let you know, the youth will not be meeting this week or next week. They're gonna be on winter break and they'll continue meeting back when they come back in January and on Thursday is that right the 24th yes Uh, five o'clock we're gonna have our Christmas Eve service I want to invite all of you to come out um, invite your family and friends um, tune in online we'll be showing it online I want to encourage you to come we're gonna have a special performance by our mosaic kids so you don't want to miss that and be a part of that And if you'd like to go ahead and prepare your tithes and offerings, you can take the opportunity to do that now. We're going to collect it at the end of service. We'll have some ushers in the back, or we've got a couple um, giving kiosks you can drop your envelopes in. Um, You can also do it online as well. So let's go ahead and pray as we continue to worship and prepare to receive the message this morning. Lord, God, we thank you for this time to come together, to gather, to be with you, to connect and grow with you, Lord. God, we pray that you would continue to minister to us, Lord. Open our hearts to receive your message and your word today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: There was a moment when the lights went out when death had claimed its victory The king of love had given up his life The darkest day of history There on a cross they made for sinners For every curse his blood atoned One final breath, and it was finished, but not the end we could have known. For the earth began to shake, and the veil was torn. What sacrifices made as the heavens eternity, the king of life was on we're in a dark, cold tomb, where our Lord was laid, one miraculous breath, and we're forever. Jesus, oh, hail the same
1: God, amen, amen, just lift your hearts and your hands to God and worship him, just give him praise and glory, just let him have all the glory, we worship you, Lord Jesus, we worship you, Lord Jesus, you're above all and in all and through all, you are the great I am, the everlasting King and the mighty Father, thank you, Jesus. Thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus. Amen. Oh come let us adore him. Oh come let us adore And Savior, a big hand. Love and appreciation and praise. We praise you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you so much. You can be seated. I know you're wondering who is this guy? Well, I've, I've tried to think of some funny ways to say it, but how about this? Hi, I'm Pastor Joe, and I've had a rough week. Hi. This is the ghost of the future. I'm Pastor Joe at age 74. <laughs> For you that don't know, uh I'm Pastor Joe's dad and uh have been all of his life. <laughs> we Doris and I've been coming to church here since uh, we we finished an interim pastor up at Kettering just before Pastor Joe and his family came here. So we've uh, we are We're in a spot where we're without an assignment, and so we've been coming here and enjoying it. And then uh, Pastor Joe got a little under the weather this weekend, so he called me in early yesterday morning and said, would you be available in the morning? And I said, well, wait, I'll have to check my calendar. (laughs) Not really. I didn't have to, but uh, just pitching in to help out this morning. And he did have his last message in his series prepared, and I'm sure he'll post that or in some way get those notes to you, but I want to take you this morning to the book of Matthew, chapter number 2, and we're going to talk about a paradox. We're going to talk about a strange thing that happened here in Matthew, chapter number 2, and I'll read to you verse number 2, and then we'll talk about the rest of these first 12 verses. Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him may the Lord bless our understanding of his word this morning the strangest characters in the Christmas story are the magi we sometimes call them the three wise men the magi and the question is where in the world did they come from and how did they get to the birth of Jesus well, a friend of mine is Dr. Craig Keener. He is really one of the foremost New Testament scholars in America today. Teaches across over here in Kentucky at the Asbury Seminary. He is a, a uh, an alumnus of Central Bible College where I used to serve as well as the Assemblies of God Theological Seminary. Great New Testament scholar. He's written two commentaries on the book of Matthew. He's written the IVP, the International uh, uh, the InterVarsity Press Bible Bible Commentary on the New Testament. And when he looks at the Magi, when he looks at this trio of people who came from the East, these early visitors to Christ as Christ was born, he, he says we should call them Magi, not wise men. He says the Magi were astrologers from the East of Israel, most likely from what we call today the country of Iran, which would mean they traveled about a 1,000 miles from their home on foot and on donkey back to get to Bethlehem. So what we have here in the first 12, cha- first 12 verses of chapter 2 of Matthew is a paradox. We have these, these men that have traveled a 1,000 miles out of a heathen culture, they themselves most likely being pagans, that is not, not at this point really believing in the true and the living God, and they're going to, they have, they have been given directions to follow a star, they've traveled for a thousand miles following that star, trying to find a new king that is being sought because a star appeared pointing to that new king, and they come and they stop in Jerusalem and they ask the Jewish scholars... In Jerusalem, where is he who is born king of the Jews? We're searching for him. We've seen his star. And the Jewish scholars in Jerusalem say, what king of the Jews? What are you talking about? And so they have to ask among themselves, what's the Old Testament say about a king being born? Where is he supposed to be born? Oh, yeah. There's something there about Bethlehem. He's supposed to be born in Bethlehem. Well, and then Herod goes back to these scholars and tries to, tries to dink them. He, he tries to fool them. He says, why don't you go find him and then you come back and tell me where he is because I'll go worship him also. Now, you, know, you and I both know Herod's plan was not to worship him but to kill him because Herod was a greedy, a greedy, greedy person. So here's this contrast of biblically oriented people, these Jewish scholars, having no idea that the king of kings has been born. And on the other hand, these pagans from way out east traveling a thousand miles searching for him. I've come to the conclusion that even though these magi have some, some different background than I would ever want to have, that they came from a place that I've never even been to, I, I have some idea that they did some things that I need to do. They, they approached it in a way that I need to approach it. They, they heard about Jesus, they followed his star and they came and they worshiped him. So we're going to draw some lessons from these folks today. From these, from these verses in the first 12 verses of chapter 2 of Matthew, we're going to draw some lessons. And lesson number one is come near to Christ. Find out where Jesus is and go there directly without stopping. When you find out where Jesus is, run there. Make haste to go there. Don't stop until you get there. Come to where Jesus is. Now, in this sense, I think the Magi teaches three very valuable lessons. Lesson one is heed the biblical call to where God is. The Magi saw a new star and they discerned. Now, remember, they were astrologers, they studied the stars maybe for a different purpose than what astronomers would, but they studied the stars. And in their study of the stars, they discerned that a new king was being born and they set out to find all they could, to find out all they could about this new king. You see, all through the Old Testament, God invites people to come to him. Jesus said in the New Testament, come unto me. All you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. But that's not just New Testament. In the Old Testament, God says, I love them that love me and those that seek me early shall find me. And also in the Old Testament, and you shall seek me and you shall find me when you search for me with all your heart. You see, Old Testament or New, God is a God that wants to reveal himself to people and he calls people to himself so that he can show us who he is. It's impossible for us to know all about the spiritual state of these magi. It's impossible. There's so much mystery surrounding them and where they came from and how they heard this. There's all of that except we know this. God in some way spoke to them, and when he spoke to them, he called them out of their place to travel a thousand miles to find Jesus, and they did not stop until they were in his presence. That's a lesson we need to learn. Whatever it takes to get into the presence of God, we're willing to do it. And wherever we have to go to find the presence of God, we're willing to go. And however long we have to toil to be in God's presence, we're willing to get there. Because it's worth it all to see him, to feel him, and to know him. Second lesson that we learn about coming near to Christ is to follow the rays of hope that God intentionally places in our path is what we need to be doing. You see, God brought you here today. For some of you, maybe it's the first time and you're not quite sure how you even got here except somebody picked you up and brought you. But you're on the right track because God has just led you to a place where you can hear the good news about Jesus Christ. And for some of you, you came here a long time ago, but God brought you here. You see, God has a way of fashioning our paths until we find the way to his altar and to the place where we can meet him and to the place where we can know him. God brought us here so that he could reveal himself to us. And we need to follow the rays of hope that God puts in our pathway. Until we come into his presence, I would just ask you how through all of that, we, that we've been going through over these last few months, how is God leading you? What rays of hope has God shined in your path so that you know you're on the right track and you're following after the Lord God Almighty and you're doing what God has called you to do? Wow. There is a drive in you and me and that drive is to find God a human need that you and I have within us is to, is to find some kind of reason for being and some kind of knowledge of the universe and some kind of idea of how it all started and all of that points to the knowledge of God that you and I need whatever's prompted you to seek God seek him and i just want to point that out about the magi whatever prompted them to seek God it might have not have been a biblical reason at the beginning But before it was all over, it was biblical because when they found him, they worshiped him. Their lives changed in the presence of the king of kings and the Lord of lords. That always happens. When you get in the presence of the king of kings, your life will change. You'll never be the same again. So the first thing that we learn is to come near to Christ. And the second thing we learn is to have an eye-opening experience. There's a biblical call to open your eyes and see what God has done. Psalm 123, one and two says, to you I will lift up my eyes. O you who are enthroned in the heavens, behold, as the eyes of the servants look to the hand of the master, as the eyes of a maid to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God until he is gracious to us. The Magi had an eye opening experience, oh, eye opening experience when they saw Jesus. William Barclay is a great commentator that I, I like to read after, and he says there is embedded in the meaning of the words of the Magi that when the Magi saw the child Christ, it was the end of a long search. Now, you know, they traveled a long way. They'd searched. They had searched. They'd gone to Jerusalem searching, then came to Bethlehem searching. But what it's saying is they didn't just glance at something. It wasn't as though they haphazardly saw something. Not like you're driving down the road and you see a billboard and you look, you know, take a double ticket. Not like that. No, no. They searched and searched and searched with their eyes and finally their eyes fell on what they were searching for, all those thousands of steps that it took to get there. They found what they had discovered, what they had dreamed of discovering for over a thousand-mile journey. They saw what their heart had longed to see. Seeking is the action required. Having our eyes opened to the call of God is the response that we need. I hope you have your eyes open when you come to church because you're never quite sure what God's going to do. This powerful worship time we just had. In a dozen ways, God could have spoken to you through the worship time this morning. You could be different already than when you came because of the spirit of God moving in this place. One thing my wife and I have really enjoyed over these last few, few months of coming to this church was the power in the worship time. When our eyes are open and we can hear God and we can see God, it's not enough just to come into this house, but get your eyes open to see what the Lord is doing. And then thirdly, these magi teach us that when we come into his presence, assume a position of worship. Assume a position of worship. The scripture says when the Magi came into the presence of Jesus, they fell down. There's a word that's used 166 times in the Old Testament translated worship into English. But the Hebrew word translated 166 times into worship, means to prostrate oneself. It means to prostrate oneself before God. This is the word used in Psalm 72, 11, in Psalm 86, 9, in Psalm 99, 5, all through the Psalms, it means all nations will bow before God. So what these Magi did is they came into the presence of God and they gave honor, they gave honor or reference to the Christ child. They did it by throwing themselves down, kneeling down, deep bowing, however you choose to, to record it. They did it in reverence to God. They deeply bowed before God until their face was on the ground before him. Now, they were not in a cathedral. They were not in a beautiful church building The book of Matthew in in the translation that I read to you doesn't indicate, but another translation, I think the translation that Pastor Joe usually uses for you indicates that the child was already in a house, that they went into a house. It was probably a meager little house, maybe with a little room, maybe 10 by 10, just a little room. But those magi fell and worshiped as though they were in the greatest cathedral that man's hands have ever constructed. They worshiped him. It wasn't the surroundings that brought them to worship. It was the person of the baby Jesus who was the fulfillment of their search. They weren't ashamed to worship. They didn't draw back saying, oh, but we're Magi. And, oh, well, we're not. Well, you know, they didn't put up any resistance. They just fell down and worshiped. Wow. Wow. And in their worship, here's what they did. They expressed themselves with deep emotion. For the text says, when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Now, I don't know what you do when you rejoice with exceeding great joy. I know some people just stand and shake. I know some people dance about. I know some people, I've met people when they get under the spirit of the Lord, they just run. I'm not sure what you do when you rejoice. Maybe you just stand and cry. But whatever it is you do, it's appropriate in the presence of God that when you come into the presence of God and sense his presence, you rejoice with exceeding great joy. Wow. So they assumed a posture of worship. And then they learned, they learned how to worship. Now here, I, I'll take you to the New Testament because there is a word in the New Testament that is so often translated worship. It is, it's the Greek word proskuneo, pros means before. Uh, kaneo means to kneel before, proskuneo, to kneel before. And, and it's, it's as if a person is coming into the presence of a king, like if you could picture a, an Englishman, about to be knighted by the queen. When the Englishman comes into the presence of the queen of England to be knighted, the first thing the person does is to kneel down because that person realizes he's in the presence of royalty. So this word is often translated worship in the New Testament as if to say when we come before King Jesus, we Bow before him. When we come before King Jesus, we bring ourselves down. We don't boast of or ourselves or lift ourselves up, but we put ourselves in a humble position. We show humility because we realize we're in the, in the presence of heavenly royalty. Wow. Worship the Lord your God. There's that word. Bring yourself low before the high and mighty God. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Jesus said the only real way to worship God is in spirit and in truth. And when we come before him and assume a position of worship, we need to pray that we are doing all of this in the presence and in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the key to New Testament worship. The Holy Spirit teaches us teaches us. He comes to inspire us and instruct us and empower us in our worship. The Holy Spirit gives us gifts through which we can worship. The Holy Spirit gives us a song to sing through which we can worship. The Holy Spirit inspires our hearts and brings us into true worship. Wow. The angels in heaven know how to worship, but when the angels in heaven worship... They bow down before the king. John the Revelator was brought into a position where he could see the heavens opened. Chapter 4, verse 1 of Revelation, after these things, I heard, I heard a voice saying, come up here. And all of a sudden, John the Revelator was lifted up into heaven and the first scene he saw was the throne of God and everything about the throne. And he saw 24 elders around about the throne. And he noticed what they were doing in chapter 4 Revelation verse 10. They were all bowing before the throne. You see, they were humbling themselves before God. They were bowing before the throne and they were worshiping God in spirit and in truth. So John, so John, he picks up on it. In chapter 19 verse 10, here's what happened. In the book of Revelation, John has seen this wonderful revelation of Jesus Christ. And an angel is showing him around. So the scripture says he bows down to worship the angel. The angel reaches down grabs him by the nape of the neck and shakes him a little bit and says, don't do that. I think he said it just in about that tone of voice. Don't do that. Worship God. In other words, don't worship the angel. Get your worship straight. Worship the one who is on the throne. Worship the one who is above all and in all and through all. You see, today we have a commission not to worship ourselves, not to worship other people, not to worship a place, not to worship a time, but to worship the living Savior who is the Lord God Almighty. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords and he is do our worship. (laughs) Worship him. Wow. If you want to practice for heaven, learn to worship because you'll do it in heaven while the ages roll. And then the last lesson I I received from these magi, these wonderful men who by this time in their experience had already had their lives changed. You see, once you're in the presence of Jesus and you behold his face, you can never be the same again. You're marked for life. The magi came prepared. They had their treasures with them. And when they saw the baby Jesus and when they experienced true worship and when their needs were met because their eyes had beheld the one they had searched for, then they reached into their own treasures and pulled out gifts for the baby Jesus. And according to what is said about their gifts, the indication is that the gifts were very costly, not cheap. They were costly gifts. And they laid out before the baby Jesus gold and frankincense and myrrh. Here's the lesson. Your heart and your treasure go together where you find your heart you'll find your treasure and where you find your treasure you'll find your heart Jesus said that's why it's impossible to serve God and money because you've got to love one and hate the other hate the one and love the other because you can't serve two masters because where you're treasure is that's where your heart will be wow so when these magi came into the presence of jesus and saw him the long-awaited sight jesus face and they worshiped him the next step was to say our hearts here let's put our treasure here and they gave liberally of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Wow, do you see the lesson? I'm not about to take an offering this morning. There will be offering containers back here, but this is the time of year you need to make sure your tithe is caught up. This has been a strange year when the offering plates haven't been passed. Have you kept your treasure in the right place? For you folks that are watching online and haven't been able to be in church for a long time, in the church service, physical service for a long time, have you kept your treasure in the right place? Not being physically present in church does not relieve you (laughs) of giving. There's so many ways to do it. I mean, I hear about all those ways to do it. I've still been writing a check. Isn't that archaic? It's just plain archaic. I just hope they don't know what to do with checks. (laughs) But It's simply saying this. Do you really love Jesus? Then put your heart there, and that's where your treasure will be. Is is Jesus really your treasure? I think about it a lot. During this Christmas season, am am I really putting Jesus in the highest place? Am I really saying, Lord... Whatever you've given me, I'll liberally give because every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of of lights with whom there's no variableness nor shadow of turning. If you really love Jesus, be a giver this Christmas season. Find somebody to give something to and give something of value. Give of your heart. Give of yourself. Could there have been any more unlikely people to teach us a lesson than these three astrologers that rode donkeys all the way from Iran to Israel, looking for a star, looking for the city of Bethlehem and looking for the baby Jesus. But you see, God uses unlikely people to tell his story. And God in his providence appeared to these people over in Iran Persia, where they were from, and put it on their heart to do this very work. And they completed their job. Now, God has you and me in a place where He can use us. Am I going to be willing to even do half of what these magi did to do my part for Jesus? Because if God calls me to go a thousand miles away, I'm going to get on an airplane. I'm going to ride a donkey. If he calls me to go a 1,000 miles away, I'll start with an Uber ride to the airport. You, you hear, hear what I'm saying? We're living in such a different age, but we haven't been relieved of the responsibility of when Jesus appears to us. We do what he says. We go where he says. We give what he says. We jump in to do exactly what he's commanded us to do. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for leading us to this place this morning and calling us into this house and speaking to us. Wow. You've taught us some really, really good lessons through these, well, through these magi. Thank you, Lord. But teach us more what you would have us to do this morning with this message. And Lord, if there's a person in this room who came here with, without a full knowledge of what Jesus was or is, who he was and what he did, and they've heard it this morning and they've believed, I pray that someone in this room has made, made a decision for Christ today. And I simply ask you to come, Lord Jesus. Come in a mighty way and reveal yourself to us. while your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, if you would just receive the living Christ into your heart. You don't have to go one more place, he's here. You don't have to search one more crook nor cranny, he's here. You don't have to read one more book, he's here. He came here before you got here this morning, he inhabits this place, his presence is here. What you have to do is respond with exceeding great joy that you've found him and he's found you. You can simply say, Lord Jesus, I receive you as Savior and Lord. Come into my heart, change my life. I give you everything. He'll do that today. Thank you, Jesus. Would you stand with me please, everyone stand. And would you simply take a moment to commit your life over anew to Christ? Maybe in the light of the commitment that the Magi made, you see the need for a deeper commitment of your own life. Say something like this. You don't have to repeat it after me, but use your own words. But say something like this. Lord, I'll go anywhere you ask me to go. And I'll do anything you ask me to do. And I'll speak to whomever you lead me to speak to. And I'll share your gospel in whatever situation you place me. And I'll do it all because you have revealed yourself to me as Savior and Lord. Can you make that kind of new commitment this morning? I'll be a bright and shining light this Christmas season, Lord. I'll share the gospel with my life and with my words. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hold on for just a minute. I want to bless you before you leave, but I just want to remind you to come on Thursday night at five o'clock. We plan to be here. I hope you're gonna to plan to be here. It's a perfect night to bring someone. Studies have shown that Christmas Eve is a great time to invite someone to church. And I'm sure the message is going to be a pointed message in a great way to help you bring your friends to Christ. So be sure and plan to do that Thursday night, 5 o'clock. Great music, children's music. It's all going to be a wonderful time. You're going to enjoy it. And now may the love of God and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all of you now and forever. Amen. Amen. Merry Christmas to to all of you. Happy New Year. God bless you as you go.